It is the 200 Levels 200th episode extravaganza. Mike Carpenter here. The 100th episode spectacular was back on July 6th of last year. So that means in nine months, we've had 100 episodes. So that's almost three per week. We've really been churning these out, especially over basketball season. And even in this off season, we're going to be putting two episodes up per week. So you can basically count on that either a Monday, Thursday or Tuesday, Thursday kind of thing. Now, I was hoping, of course, that this 200th episode would coincide with either a Final Four appearance or a national title game appearance. That didn't happen. So this is maybe anticlimactic in terms of what I was hoping it would be a month ago. It seemed like we were churning off these episodes so quickly that the 200th was going to land in a big moment for Illinois basketball. Though we do have plenty of Illinois basketball stuff to talk about today, namely a new recruit, Brandon Podzimski. I believe I'm saying that last name correct, from Wisconsin, four-star kid. He was Mr. Basketball in the state of Wisconsin, six foot five, 195 pounds. He picks Illinois over Kentucky, Miami, Vanderbilt, and Wake Forest. So not a bad list of schools there, especially when you see Kentucky was interested in him. It seemed like this was trending Illinois' way for a long time, and it's good to get this thing closed out and add him to a class that already has Luke Goody and R.J. Melendez. Now, I saw this from Max Feldman on Twitter that this, um, by average rating, is the highest-ranked Illini class since 2010. And what that means is the average rating of these guys, for example, on 24-7 sports, I got Brandon Podzimski at 72, Luke Goody, Luke Goody at 94, RJ Melendez at 97. So these are all top 100 players. There's some consistency in terms of uh, where they're at in terms of national rankings. So all of these guys, good. Maybe some of them will be more developmental than others. Brandon Pazimski seems to be someone that may be able to give you some minutes as a shooter next year. He's got the size. At least he's got the height. We'll talk about you know the uh, how he probably needs to bulk up a little bit if you're only 195 at 6'5". Uh, but you add him to a class where you feel like you've got good shooters and good athleticism with Luke Goody and RJ Melendez, and you're starting to see a template with which Brad Underwood's trying to recruit length. We saw this with Baylor in the national title game. We mentioned this in the last podcast, too, that that seems to be sort of the M.O., a Baylor team that not many of those guys were five-star kids. In fact, I don't know if any of them were five-star kids. Davion Mitchell, I think, was a top 100 recruit, for example, but not top 25. And you saw that over time, Scott Drew was able to build that program by recruiting a certain kind of player. And it seems like Brad Underwood has his idea of what he wants. A lot of tweeners, positionless basketball, guys between 6'5 and 6'7 that can shoot and that can run the court. And Brandon Podzimski is one of those guys. Did not really get involved with Wisconsin. I'm not sure what the circumstances are and why Greg Gard was not involved more heavily with Mr. Basketball from the state of Wisconsin. But it feels nice to be on this side of a recruitment, kind of like Luke Goody, the kid from Indiana. It feels good to be on this side of the recruitment where so often it felt like you were not going to go into the likes of an Indiana or let alone Wisconsin and get one of their best players. Well, you did that. Uh, So kudos to the staff for identifying someone that they think will be able to help potentially right away. You know, we talk about this freshman class that are going to be coming in, and I don't think any of us are really placing a lot of expectations on them. But I got to think that one of the three, and I don't know which one that would be, I would guess Luke Goody, but I got to think one of the three will be a major contributor next year. We saw what Adam Miller and Andre Corbello were able to do, and those were top 50 talents. And that might be a difference right there. Top 50 and top 100, there's a little bit more certainty when you get in that top 50 range. 
But with three top 100 guys, according to 24-7 Sports, you got to think one of them is going to be a big rotational piece next year. And it's exciting to also feel like you have a good foundation going forward for the long term, let's say, the next three, four years. So a good day for Illini basketball. They get Brandon Podzimski, and all of a sudden we are now able to talk a few more best-case scenarios in terms of roster building by potential retention of a super senior in Trent Frazier, and maybe Adam Miller isn't going to leave after all. We got a lot of Illini basketball stuff to talk about. We got a little bit of football to talk about the spring game. People can go to it. 7,500 tickets were given away on the FightingIllini.com website yesterday. I guess they went like hotcakes. And you can tell that people are hungry to get back to live sporting events. They'll also be honoring the basketball team at that. I'm not going to go. I was thinking of potentially doing a a second half or, I don't know, a scrimmage live reaction. I guess we could do something like that. Um, Though I will, in all likelihood, just watch it on Monday night and then come back on Tuesday and do do a podcast sometime during my lunch hour on Tuesday. But... It will be nice to have a little bit of Illini football to watch. The vibes are still pretty good over there with what Brett Bielema is doing and the fact that people will actually be able to go into Memorial Stadium. I I think that bodes well for August and September when we all want to be in there and we'll be craving and chopping at the bit to get back to sporting events, live sporting events. This is coming from someone that all too often would stay out in the tailgate lot because I didn't want to be cooped up in a stadium for four hours. After the last year... I would happily be cooped up in a stadium for four hours. Happily cooped up in it. And now they sell beer, so it's all the better, right? Uh, So a lot of exciting stuff for Illini football as well as spring practice rolls on for, I think, another week here before that wraps up. All this to get to and more on this 200th episode extravaganza of the 200 level. I got to thank specifically our sponsors. And if you haven't already, please visit them online. That starts with DP Doe. I'm on a dpdo.com. Steve and I go way back to 2013. I actually went on a sales call for 93.5. And DP Doe has been a fixture of Tay and Jay and Tay and Carp and now the 200 level for almost a decade, which is crazy. So thank you, Steve and DP Doe, for your support. You can use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones at dpdo.com. And they deliver anywhere in Champaign Urbana dpdo.com. Got to thank fourth and Kirby.com. Just great partners from the outset here with the 200 level, amazing t-shirts. And we're getting into t-shirt season. So go online to fourth and Kirby.com coupon code 200 level for 10% off your order at fourth and Kirby.com. Got to thank state farm agent, Brian Hansen with us again from the beginning. And he is our state farm agent. He is our guy. He can be your guy at Brian is my guy.com for life, auto home, business renters, you name it. Brian and his staff will hook you up with great State Farm prices, of course, but also personalized service at brianismyguy.com. And finally, Rector Construction, online at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com. These are the new kids on the block. They've been with us since January, or was it February? Regardless, it's been great having these guys as part of the podcast. The, they do terrific work. I know that they're good citizens of Champaign-Urbana. They give back to their community quite a bit. We know one of them, Isaac Ambrose. He works at Rector Construction. I can vouch for that guy, and I can vouch for them, not just as people, but also for their craftsmanship online at rectorconstruction.com. Got to thank Alana Inquirer, my good friend Jeremy Warner over there, doing a bang-up job, as always, with their coverage of Alani basketball and football and everything else Alani sports-related. And, of course, the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Been with them from the start as well. So here we are, 200 episodes in. For a quick little history lesson, 
Oh, by the way, ratings and reviews. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. We got some really good ones in the last couple of weeks. Much appreciated. Uh, thank you all so much for that. Um, and you can continue to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That helps us get discovered by new people, which we have gotten discovered by a lot of new people in the last year, and especially over basketball season. Some of those reviews indicate that. These are people that had not been listeners of the podcast, and they found us, and hopefully they stick around. And I'll start by thanking you, the listener, for making this possible. I did not know when we went to podcast only in August of 2019 how big this would get. I say big, I mean in terms of how many people would listen, how many people would care that this dude that was at 93.5 for a decade, he's doing his own thing now. Um, And fortunately for me, I I feel lucky to have a great listening base that, um, you know, they, they interact with me, they let me know how we're doing, and they have fun listening to these podcasts. And there's something from a young age that I always wanted to take part in with sports media. And most of it had to do with radio because there is a, an intimacy and a feeling that you get to know the person on the other side of the microphone. So when I did the radio thing at 93.5 for almost a decade, it was an absolute blast. And of course, the camaraderie with the guys on the air, but also the occasional bit where you're out of the grocery store and someone says, hey, are you, are you Carp? Or when you're waiting in line at Memorial Stadium and someone recognizes me as I'm talking to my dad because of my voice. That's radio. And that is what podcasting is now. That intimacy and, and hearing the other person on the other side of the microphone. You listen to it at work. You listen to it as you're getting ready for work in the morning, uh, as you're on your run or exercising or whatever it may be. And it's cool to get all these little nuggets from the listeners of the 200 level, hey, I listen to you when I'm commuting. Or hey, uh, you are part of my afternoon exercise routine. And that's what podcasts are for me. You know, podcasts are part of my daily routine. And there are certain personalities I enjoy listening to. So the fact that anyone would care and anyone would bother to listen to this podcast, that is a humbling, humbling thing for someone that has always wanted to be part of radio and now podcasting. When I started the 200 level with Steve Breitweiser, co-host emeritus, who I still am in contact with via text every so often, we started this back in 2017 at the tail end of the John Gross era. And that was after we did a few years of College Game Day Live on ESPN 93.5. That was Saturdays before home games where we did a two and a half hour pregame show. The 200 level was at first a compromise for both of us because we kind of got tired of the Saturday mornings, bad Illinois football teams freezing our butts off in the lots on a cloudy mid-November day for a football game that didn't mean anything. So we said, well, let's make a Monday night, once a week, six to seven sort of thing instead of that. And that's what we did. And it lasted for 36 episodes before my time kind of ended at 93.5 and I started teaching and It was a time commitment that both Steve and I just couldn't quite keep up with. So it was rebooted um, back in August 2019 after everything ended over at 93.5. And here we are, I guess that would be 164 episodes later from first the basement studio at the old house and now the sunroom studios here at the new place. And what a ride it's been. Illinois football has seen a coach get fired and a new one get hired. And a little six and seven season in between. You know, the four-game win streak back in October and November of 2019. That was completely unexpected. We saw the first act of the Iota Sumu era, where he gets all the game winners last year, last January and February, before COVID-19 hits March of 2020. 
And then we had about six months where we came on here with no games to talk about and had some conversations that weren't even sports related. We had a lot of conversations during the Black Lives Matter protest uh, for police brutality last year that, uh, you know, I know were not everyone's cup of tea, but that was top of mind. And athletes were getting involved with it and felt like that was actually a bigger sports story than anything else because there were no games to talk about. So what else were we going to talk about? There have been other times where we ventured off course, talking a little bit about politics or most recently about the vaccine thing, which we'll hit at the end of this. And all along the way, there has been the occasional review that, ah, come on, stick to sports or carp stinks, mostly because of those conversations. Uh, But for the most part, the listeners have went along with that. Whether they agree with everything I say or not, that's irrelevant. No one needs to agree with everything I say. No one needs to agree with anything I say. Uh, But I appreciate the fact that some people are willing to at least have the conversation and and hear other points of view. So uh, that's why this year was a very nice reprieve in a way. Uh, not, Not because I don't like talking about those sorts of things. I'm happy to talk about anything, really. But to really be able to sink our teeth into a great Alani season full of a lot of awesome moments, of course, a disappointing end, but to be able to take that ride and take that journey in this format where we can react during games and immediately get it out to you 30 minutes after each Illinois basketball game ended, to pop on here the day after and do a more thorough reaction to whatever game we had watched the night before, to really document it as it went along. And radio shows do this. But I really started to view this podcast in terms of a time capsule where if you really wanted to, you could go back and listen to the episode, The Greatest Game Ever Played, and listen to how me and Trevor and Isaac were reacting when Illinois smoked Michigan at Michigan without Io DeSumo on the court. Or you could go back to the stupidest game ever played when we won at Indiana in overtime and how just exhausted and frustrated we were because of what an ugly game it was, but how awesome it felt when they finally won in overtime. You could pick any of those moments. And it is a time capsule of sorts that will capture how we felt at the time. And that is something that we're going to continue to do, right? Um, News will always be breaking. There will always be something new to react to. And along the way, you could go back to any previous 200 level and see where we were at at the time. So that's what we're going to do going forward. Um, This next five, six-month stretch before football gets started again Going to be a lot of solo pods. During summer vacation, I'll get some more interviews and stuff going on. Soon enough, we'll be able to actually record in the same room with Trevor and Isaac and myself, and I cannot wait to do that. Uh, We're getting back to normal, right? But there are some things that we learned along the way that we're going to be keeping with us once we get back to normal. And I think that'll make this podcast all the better. Um, But, you know, as we sit here 200 episodes in, thank you for listening. And thank you for coming along this journey with us. Thank you for letting someone who always wanted to be a part of the Illini Sports Conversation be a part of the Illini Sports Conversation. And what I will promise you, like I did at 93.5, and what I have since I've been doing the 200 level, I'm never going to lie. I will be wrong about things, and I will overreact, and I will let emotions get the best of me sometimes, but I will never be dishonest. I will never lie. I'll never make an argument just for the sake of making an argument. None of, none of that crap that you see on like, uh, you know, not part of the interruption. That show is fine, but certain ESPN debate shows. First take as an example. No, you aren't going to get hot takes. At least I'm going to try to avoid that the best I can. What you will get is an honest um, appraisal of me on whatever the state of Illinois sports may be at the time. And 
Um, yeah, I'm not going to be right all the time, but I will be truthful. I promise you that. So thank you again. All right, that's the spiel about the 200th episode of the 200 level, but we got a lot of business to attend to. We mentioned Brandon Pozimski. We got ourselves the third recruit of the 2021 class. Six foot five. Luke Goody, six foot seven. RJ Melendez, six foot seven. You got length. Hey, AJ Store, the kid that could reclassify to 2021. We'll see. As of now, he's a 2022 recruit. He's six foot five and probably still growing. So you got height, you got length, you got athleticism. I really like the way that Underwood is recruiting these classes going forward. And I'll be excited to see when basketball starts up this summer, when these workouts start, which one of these freshmen we start hearing about first. One of them is going to hit this year, right? Maybe not to the extent that an Adam Miller or an Andre Corbello did their freshman year, but I got to think that someone's going to become a key rotational piece. And the good news is they all have the size and the shooting ability where you could play them anywhere between a two and a four, depending on the lineup. Uh, But there have been a few things roster-wise that have happened since last Thursday, which feels like an eternity ago. I put up a podcast, and then about an hour later, what do you know, breaking news, Georgie Bashanishvili announces he is leaving. This was not a surprise. I think we'd alluded to this on the podcast before. And those whispers were going all the way back to really February when Illinois ended their home run against Nebraska. And Georgie went up to, I guess, one of the concourses, according to, I think, Joey Wagner and Jeremy Warner. And they noticed him just kind of take it all in, which is symbolic and, and, and probably an indicator that he knew this might be the last time I'm in State Farm Center. So with Georgie Bashanishvili gone, you lose a key rotational piece next year. That's why the Omar Payne signing is all the more important through the transfer portal. But a quick note on Georgie, for someone that could drive you nuts, right? And his sophomore and junior year, there were moments that left you wanting. His legacy is secure for a couple of reasons. One, his freshman year was phenomenal. Uh, I guess more than just a couple of reasons, three reasons. One, his freshman year was phenomenal. And we can go back to that game against, was it Rutgers? 35 points set the freshman scoring record. Two, his personality and his overall vibe was contagious. And it was a breath of fresh air for a program that had not been fun. Illinois basketball wasn't really fun for about a decade. And then you get this guy coming in for, from Georgia, not the state, the country. This dude, a very unheralded recruit who just exudes positivity for a program that sorely needed positivity. So that was another thing. The third and most important thing, I think, is you don't win a Big Ten tournament title without Georgie. You don't win that game. What was it, 10, 11 consecutive points in the second half when nothing else was going your way? And Georgie helped get you back to, I think, an eight-point lead. Now, without that effort, Ohio State beats you, and you don't get the banner, you don't get the Big Ten tournament title, and we would have been sitting here thinking, well, what tangible thing did this team accomplish this year? And that would have been an unfortunate position. That's Georgie's legacy. I know his last game against Loyola wasn't great, but who played great in that game? I mean, Kofi and Adam Miller were your best players. But overall, though, um, to see Georgie's career and the ups and downs, but to know that towards the very end, he played one of his best games in the biggest moment that team had played yet, right? That Ohio State game was the biggest one for that program. Sorry, there was Rosie barking in the background. She's a big Georgie fan, apparently. So kudos to him. He deserves to go home. He deserves to see his family. He'll play for a long time in Europe. I know it, it said something about he's going to try out for the NBA draft. I mean, we know that that's probably not likely, but he will have a professional career and he'll be able to be closer to his mom and his brother 
and what a run for him. I, he got his degree in three years, apparently. I mean, it makes sense. He was here over the summer vacations, but that's still pretty impressive. And someone that when he comes back to campus is going to be welcomed like a hero. And that's fine. And that's deserved. So kudos, Georgie. Thank you for being a part of what I hope is the resurgence of Illinois basketball. And that's a name that people will remember forever. Georgie Bashanishvili. Kudos, uh, kudos to him for a, a very good career at Illinois. Another one that we thought we might be saying goodbye to was Trent Frazier. And it was interesting. On Sunday night, I'm, God, we were watching a movie, and then I'm doing some late-night Twitter scrolling just to see if anything was popping with the Adam Miller situation, which we'll get to. And apparently on, what was it, Kedrick Prince has a podcast. Everyone, everyone's got a podcast now. Like, I, I'm one of 50. So thank you for choosing this as one of your many Illini podcasts that you listen to. And maybe Ryan Evan was part of it. I'm not sure. But uh, Trent Frazier's dad was on a podcast and said that Trent is coming back. I don't know Trent Frazier's dad. I know what kind of relationship he and Trent have. Seems like you're kind of stealing your son's thunder if this were going to be kind of a surprise announcement. But that's what the dad said. And I guess the brother confirmed this on Twitter. You'll find that Alana Inquirer and other news sites for Illinois, they are not confirming this. I think they're waiting to allow Trent Frazier to make the announcement himself, which is the right thing to do. And honestly, Trent's dad and brother kind of <laughs> breaking that story before Trent gets the opportunity to, I don't really get that. But what that has allowed us to have is a different conversation about next year. You know, I was concerned and I think we all were, about fielding a team that could make an NCAA tournament next year. When Adam Miller says, I'm going to the transfer portal, and you know Io's gone, and Kofi might be gone as well, and then you think, well, Trent and DeMonte, there's no indication that they're going to exercise their fifth year. Then you're thinking, well, it's Andre Curbelo and a bunch of dudes. And I love Andre Curbelo, but you need other pieces. So the prospect of Trent Frazier coming back, if he in fact chooses to do so, is gigantic. Now, there is part of me that is, you know, I, I think I was coming to the, coming to terms with the idea that it'd be Andre Curbelo as the lone returning key contributor and then a bunch of new guys. And I was rationalizing that to myself in that, okay, we're turning the page. We get to see a new type of line basketball, new type of roster. It's okay. We, we saw what this team and these guys can accomplish. Why repeat that? We don't need to see it again. But then the minute I found out that these were the rumors with Trent, and this is what his dad said, this is what his brother said, I got incredibly excited. Guys like Trent don't grow on trees. Let's start with the toughness component. I mean, this kid has been through everything at the college basketball level from an awful first year in Underwood's first year at the helm to now getting a one seed. He, he's a great defender. We know that. And he's also capable of scoring 20 points a game. Now, he is a little bit more streaky on offense. I'll be interested to see if he comes back, how good he's going to be on offense, because if there's any indication without Io on the court and thrust into a larger offensive role, Trent relished that. He was terrific in those games that Io wasn't playing. He wasn't bad when Io came back, but he was especially good offensively when Io was out. So that leads me to think, okay, well, if there's going to be someone that has a super, super senior year, it would be Trent Frazier. And there are so many intangible qualities to what he brings and the leadership role that he would play next year that 
I love the idea of Trent coming back. Again, guys like him don't grow on trees. 22, 23-year-old guys with that skill level and that experience, they don't come around often. So if he wants to come back, you bet. And I don't believe it counts against your scholarship limit because of the whole COVID-19 thing. So if he exercises the right to do that, I'm very excited. It would also lead you to believe that DeMonte would have all the more reason to come back with his running mate in Trent that now you would have two super seniors, you have more depth. I love DeMonte. I'll happily take another year with DeMonte Williams. I'll take another, I'll basically run it back if this is the way that it's trending, right? And that was the other reason I got really excited at the rumor about Trent. The idea of running it back is what we were thinking when they went on that three-game win streak without Io. We'll all be back, minus Io. And it works, and it's pretty damn good. It's a top 10 caliber team. And they would be if they run it back. And Trent and DeMonte and Adam Miller ends up not transferring out. And apparently that's all in limbo. And maybe he jumped the gun a bit on that. And then if Kofi elects to come back, and that's the key anyway, then you're looking at a top 10 team. And all these concerns, you'll be able to listen to the podcast I recorded after Adam Miller said he was going to the transfer portal. You could listen to that and just laugh. And make fun of me all you want, because we would all of a sudden go from, oh my God, who's going to be on the team to, oh my God, we're Big Ten favorites again, just by virtue of bringing the group, sorry, getting the band back together, right? Blues Brothers style. That's what you would be doing. So Trent electing to come back, I think could set in motion the dominoes falling in our favor. And a week ago, a couple weeks ago, Did not consider this. In fact, I thought, oh my God, who's going to be starting for next year's team? Jacob Grandison's going to have to average 20 points a game if we're going to be okay. Well, no, all of a sudden you're in a position where you would bring back key contributors. You'd have depth at almost every position. And this is possible. This is possible where you run it back. Speaking of Adam Miller, the transfer portal thing when he announced it, and we're coming up two weeks ago that he did. It was April Fool's Day. So that was a Thursday. Two weeks ago, when we found this out, I flipped and I thought, okay, just, you know, weeks after we felt like Illinois basketball was at the top of the world, all of a sudden we're back at the bottom. We felt like we were in the abyss. Nothing was going right. Guys are leaving. Key contributors are leaving. And what are we going to do next year and beyond? If Adam Miller comes back, regardless of the other things that shake out, I feel very good about Illinois basketball going forward. And I think most of us would as well. I've mentioned on earlier podcasts that part of being a fan of Illinois basketball in its best years is that even when you lose a key guy here, a key guy there, it always felt like you had guys waiting to take over those lead roles to become the new faces of the program. And Adam Miller was one of those, along with Andre Crabello. We felt like Ace and Bello. Those were two guys. We were going to be A-OK as long as we had them. And I hold true to that. That Trent and DeMonte and Kofi and anybody else, they could elect to not come back. But if you tell me that we got Andre Corbello and Adam Miller, I feel okay. I feel okay about our chances on the court. And I feel better just as an Illini basketball fan. Feeling like we have our guys and these are people that you can build around. So this has been a very odd situation. There's whispers about a family situation and the mom having a lot to do with Adam Miller initially getting in the transfer portal. And all of this is maybe somewhat speculative, but if you look back to last year and how, I don't know about reluctant, but how long it took Adam Miller to finally sign with Illinois, 
I think that might have been an indication that, okay, there are people in his ear, perhaps, or in this case, if it is his mom, then I guess his mom's in his ear, that are saying, just pursue all your options. And I don't begrudge any kid for doing that. I don't fault them for it. Uh, And now, in hindsight, it doesn't seem quite as shocking when you consider the fact that Adam Miller was more heralded than Andre Curbelo coming in. And then by the end of the year, I think we all looked at this roster and thought, Andre Curbelo is the dude, and it's going to be fun to see Adam Miller continue to develop. Well, that probably wasn't the expectation that Adam had coming in, and maybe some of the people around him either. They probably thought, dude, you should be the primary ball handler. You should be the guy. Let's pursue other options. So that makes some sense. Uh, The way that it was unveiled still is a little bit sour to me. The fact that the teammates didn't find out other than Twitter and that the coaching staff apparently didn't find out either. So it was a Twitter announcement before any of them had caught wind that Adam Miller was going to do this. But that also seems to fly in the face of everything he did as a teammate last year. He seemed to be the consummate teammate. And it makes me think that for a 19-year-old kid, he might have gotten a little bit of bad advice on how to go about this. And listen, he comes back. I'm not going to begrudge him. If he leaves, I'm not going to begrudge him. I, I, I'm not going to you know, come on here and do a thank you, Adam, for the nine months podcast. It'll be, hey, good luck to you. See you. We got to go get somebody else. Uh, but certainly if he comes back, there's not going to be a, well, can I really trust this kid on the team? Can I trust there's not going to be chemistry issues? No, I'm, I'm not worried about that. I, I think that in this day and age of college basketball, where the transfer portal is just kind of a thing you do, <laughs> uh, this has less to do with Adam Miller's character and more to do with maybe a shaky announcement or a shaky rollout. I think all these things could have been done behind closed doors before he put his name out there. If he ends up coming back to Illinois, no harm, no foul. And what would be interesting is what conversations would be happening between Underwood, the staff, and Adam, and I don't know, his mom, let's say. I doubt promises are made because Underwood does not strike me as one that would make promises. But I was thinking there are certain truths that you can tell him that are not making unreasonable promises that you might not be able to keep. One of them is that at Illinois, being from Peoria and being a Mr. Basketball, those things matter. And that Adam has an opportunity at Illinois that he doesn't have any other college. He has an opportunity to become a legend here. Now, that's a big word, and maybe not every kid welcomes that, but I kind of take Adam Miller as a guy that would welcome something like that. Mr. Basketball from Illinois that committed to Illinois, uh, not knowing if Iowa was going to come back or not. I think in Adam Miller's mind, he thought that he was going to be the next big thing. And he can be that here, and it would mean more if he did it here. So I think you can sell him on that. You can sell him honestly in the fact that he's going to have to handle the ball next year. Io didn't handle the ball all that much last year, maybe, you know, seven, eight minutes a game, depending on how it was divvied up with him and Andre Corbello and Trent Frazier. Adam Miller is going to have to take those minutes from when Io was controlling the ball. Adam Miller is going to have to adopt that role because Luke Goody isn't and Brandon Podzimski is not going to do it. So there would be the opportunity for Adam Miller to continue to assert himself as a ball handler as someone that can take it to the rim, someone who was more than a spot shooter. And while he was that early this year, we saw late in the year, his game was starting to develop. He had more confidence and the offense allowed him to start being more aggressive and taking control as he did in the very last game of the year, right? So I think that the conversations you can have, if you're Brad Underwood, again, you don't need to promise anything unreasonable, but you can tell him, yeah, you're going to be one of the guys that's honest. 
You're going to be one of the key guys. And it wouldn't surprise me if he came back if he had a monster sophomore year. And this can all be forgotten about. No harm, no foul. Warm welcome at State Farm Center next year. And no real inclination that, well, this kid may be a a problem in the locker room. I don't think any of that stuff is true. I don't. Um, I'm really hoping that sooner rather than later, we can get some closure on that. Because if he leaves, even if you get Trent, even if you get Trent back, if Adam Miller leaves, you do need to get someone else. This is where that Alfonso Plummer kid from Utah, that name has been thrown around. Great. Happily take a guy that can shoot almost 40% from three. If Adam Miller leaves, yes, you got to do it. Uh, but let's try to lock Adam Miller up. Let's do that. And then have Plummer as a pretty damn good backup option. Okay, so that's the Adam Miller thing. We talked about Trent. Uh, best case, worst case scenarios for the lineups. I was thinking about this today, and let's envision the best case scenario. The best case scenario was a starting lineup with Andre Crabello, Trent Frazier, Adam Miller, let's say Jacob Grandison, and Kofi. Run it back. A bench with DeMonte, Coleman Hawkins, Luke Goody, RJ Melendez, Omar Payne, Brandon Podzimski. I feel like I might be forgetting a name. Oh, Austin Hutcherson. Kind of the wild card here with the bad back that he had, but you have depth at almost every position. You'd be running it back with the core that led you to that three-game win streak at the end of the Big Ten season and looked really good doing it. I think that that team would be a favorite in the Big Ten. I think they would be, and wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> I mean, to, to enter next year with less uncertainty and more high expectations, but I've talked about this before. I think by virtue of not having Io on the team next year, as Illini fans, we aren't going to feel that pressure of, well, we got to get it done this year or else. I think we'd enter it like, hey, we got a, we got a really good team, top 15 quality, let's see what they can do, right? It'd be the perfect mix of high expectations without as high of pressure. And that would be the best case scenario. Really good starting lineup, a lot of depth, and feeling like Curbelo and Miller will take those jumps. Trent Frazier is a super senior, he's going to have a monster year. Kofi, National Player of the Year candidate, that's what he would be coming into a junior year. Wow, um, you're the favorite in the Big Ten, just like that. And we're rolling along here, right? And that, well, that also gives Brad Underwood the flexibility is to really focus on the 2022 class and get your next top 50 guys. Love the top 100 guys, love the four-year players, but to get Illinois back to where they got last year, you need the likes of a Kofi Coburn or an Io DeSumo. You need top 50 talent. Andre Crabello, top 50 talent. Adam Miller, top 50 talent. You need to continue to get that, and that's what I think the onus of that 2022 class would be. Now let's talk about an option where an Adam Miller and a Kofi don't come back. Let's say this Trent thing holds true, right? And you got Andre Curbelo, Trent Frazier, DeMonte comes back. Omar Payne is your center at the moment. You could still go out there on the transfer portal, try to get a guy like Trey Mitchell, uh, who's a four or five combo kind of guy. There would probably be another addition or two somewhere along the way. But that would probably be a team that is an NCAA tournament team, top five or six of the Big Ten, not necessarily a bubble team based on the strength of an Andre Curbelo, a super senior like Trent Frazier, depth like you would have with DeMonte and Grandison and Hutcherson at the wings, the freshman, one of them coming to fruition, and then figuring out the front court, which defensively will be fine with an Omar Payne and maybe another dude, but 
offensively is not going to be nearly the same without a Kofi. That you can work with. Worst case scenario, no Kofi, no Adam. This Trent thing was just a rumor and his dad and brother jumped the gun and Trent's like, you know what, actually screw this. I'm going to go play pro. And DeMonte says, well, all my friends are gone. I'm not coming back either. Well, that's worst case scenario. That is what I was worried about for a couple of weeks. That was where I was in this sort of, okay, can I just forget about Alani basketball? Do I need to do a podcast today? I'm just going to sound really depressed and, and despondent about all of it. That would be worst case scenario. And it feels a lot better here on April 11th to feel like, well, wait a second. Maybe we won't have to worry about all of that. And that's why it feels different on April 13th than it did April 1st when Adam Miller announced that. It feels different because all of a sudden there are a wealth of options. And it feels like things may be trending back towards a pretty damn good roster next year. And that is such a sense of relief. The last thing I wanted was to have this moment and not be able to follow it up and then really put the pressure on the 2022 class to sustain something here. And what if you don't get those guys? Then all of a sudden you're thinking, well, was that was the two-year stretch for Underwood, his third and fourth year, was that the aberration? And I didn't want that to be the case. Um, I don't think it is trending that way. And that is a, a much better feeling to have, a much better feeling to have. Because it is fun to think about possibilities, good possibilities, I should say. It's fun to think about, well, hey, listen, I know we lost to Loyola this year, but Come next year, if this is your roster, we feel pretty good about it. It's amazing how quickly you can pivot from a disappointing loss to, hey, what's next year's roster look like? As long as you can pivot to a roster that you're excited about. So that is where we're at today, and that is quite the contrast to where we were even a week ago. And hopefully it continues to get better. Ty Ty Washington, Kentucky offer, Baylor offer, eh. <laughs> probably trending away from us, but you know what? If you get Trent back and if you can somehow keep Adam Miller, that's okay. We roll on and we proceed um, with this group that we have, which is going to be pretty good if they all do come back. All right. I think that's it for basketball. I got little notes here. Is that it? Oh yeah. Football spring game coming up. I mentioned that in the opening segment, 7,500 people will be there. They will recognize this year's Illini basketball team. I think a lot of the players are on campus, so that'll be cool for them that they'll actually get that recognition from a few thousand Illini fans. Hopefully the weather holds. I think it's supposed to be a pretty nice spring night and maybe a little bit chilly. Marching Illini is going to be there. Cheerleaders are going to be there. Everyone's going to be socially distanced, but to be in a stadium would be pretty cool. And I did not get on the website quick enough to get tickets. That's okay. I'll watch it on Big Ten Network and look forward to August when I can get back there. But exciting to have a spring game to look forward to and to see the dueling quarterbacks. Isaiah Williams, Brandon Peters, to see a pretty good stable of running backs, an offensive line with a lot of experience. Defensively, those are where your biggest questions are. But, um, you know, I'm excited for this football season because being a first year, the expectations are going to be very modest. You know, five and seven, I'd be pretty damn excited. Four and eight seems about right. But then you look at the schedule and think, you're older. And what if... Bielema's just that much better of a coach than a Lovey Smith. And you can actually come out of the gates blazing and go like six and six. Can you imagine what a six and six season would feel like for a first year coach and how, how well he'd be able to sell that on the recruiting trail? So I love this. You know, we talked about Illini basketball, how if everyone came back, we'd have high expectations without, without nearly the same amount of pressure 
just because there isn't that, this is the last year of IO, right? With football, it's different because it's totally modest expectations. It's a fairly low, low bar that they would have to clear. And if they do that, we're having a fun fall. I like that. Oh, plus it'll be the first time we actually get to go to Illini sporting events in well over a year. So there's going to be the excitement of getting to lot 31 again and tailgating for a football team that may not suck. You know, that's all we're asking. Just don't totally suck. Give us a little bit of intrigue on football Saturdays. And I think that they'll be able to accomplish that. Now, before we go, there's one final thing I need to address. And I mentioned the vaccine issue last week. And I I got some good feedback from listeners on that. I don't think we have too many anti-vaxxers listening. This, of course, the day that Johnson & Johnson is paused because six people had blood clots out of 7 million shots administered. Terrible messaging by the CDC and the FDA. Now everyone's going to freak out and think, well, I told you, these vaccines are dangerous. Great. Um, My dad thought of something. I was talking with him on Friday about this. And I had not even considered this, but it makes a lot of sense. We've essentially asked the student athletes to live a perfect life and make absolutely zero mistakes, sequester themselves away from their friends and their family, get tested each and every single day to ensure that there is no COVID spread in the locker rooms and that they can get these games off without a hitch. So we've asked these student athletes to sacrifice a lot. Meanwhile, we have members of the Illinois football staff, and we don't know who. I mean, I don't know if it's Bielema. I, I kind of took it that Bielema got it, but he can't exactly rat out his guys that didn't. But we got guys in the football staff that aren't getting this vaccine. And to me, after my dad had brought this up, had he considered it, but to me, that is ridiculous. To ask so much of the student athletes and then these guys can't even get a shot because personal choice, yada, 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 whatever that means, or that they need to be educated about it. Sort of like how the Chicago Cubs are still not at the 85% threshold and now they got a bullpen coach that got COVID-19 when there's a very easy solution to that. Get the shot. But of course, this is somehow controversial in this era of anti-vaxxers and uh, misinformation. So there were a few people last week on Twitter that I engaged with that mentioned a few talking points that you tend to see with the anti-vaccination crowd. The truth of the matter is these things went through clinical trials. They are safe. The Johnson & Johnson thing is safe. I'd let a loved one get it. You got a better chance of getting struck by lightning than getting a blood clot from the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Okay. <laughs> and, and that's why it pains me to see that news come out today because I know that that's going to be fodder for people like those in the football staff that are electing to not get a shot and meanwhile continuing to ask their athletes to basically be perfect lest they bring COVID-19 in the locker room. Get the damn shot. If we lose a single game this fall because of some dude on the football staff that decided, hey, it's a personal choice, I'm not going to get the shot, and then all of a sudden, a few others contract it, then that's going to be a problem. Now, hopefully by then, these football players will be able to get the vaccine themselves. Hopefully they all get it, so we don't have any issues on a football Saturday where a key contributor gets it because, yet again, they were being fed misinformation from the anti-vaccination crowd. If I sound a little bit agitated, it's because I want to get out and do things. I mentioned last week it is coming from a bit of a selfish place. I feel like I paid my dues for the last 13 months. I've done things mostly the right way, and I'm ready to go to concerts, and I'm ready to go to sporting events. And for a lot of the same people that bemoaned all the closures and everything, a lot of these are the same people that, for whatever reason, are reluctant to get the vaccine that would end all these restrictions. So... 
that sort of contradiction, that hypocrisy, it bothers me to my core. I'm sure there have been moments throughout this pandemic where I have been hypocritical about certain things myself. I think we all have been because it's tricky to navigate, right? But the vaccine thing is not tricky to navigate. These football staffers need to get it. And if they don't, then Josh Whitman, a guy that has talked so often, and I think this is true, about how much he cares about student-athletes, he can't have one thing be true for student-athletes and then have another be true for the football staff or any staff of his athletic department. Can he mandate it? Probably not. Can he send out a strongly worded letter or something as we know he is capable of? Sure, he can make it clear that the DIA stance is Their employees should get this shot because the student-athletes have already sacrificed so much. I think that's a fair trade. I would not have wanted to trade places with these athletes the last year. I was able to do more things than they were. I was able to see friends and family in, you know, socially distanced or safe ways, but they were not able to. So get the damn shot. (laughs) I know that's probably not going to be the best PR campaign. You aren't going to get that from the White House or anything. You need to try to convince people to get it. But here's the thing. The evidence is there. This is safe. The Johnson & Johnson thing, that's exceedingly rare to get a blood clot from it. And uh, this will end the pandemic. It'll end it. We can have an amazing summer if we just get the damn shot. All right, so I'll get off my soapbox. But uh, thank you, Dad, for an interesting point there. I <laughs> had not considered that these student-athletes, all the sacrifices they made, how that related to football staffers or any adult, any other adult in the DIA for that matter, that might be reluctant to get it. Because I think it's only fair that they do that after everything that the athletes gave up the last year. All right, 200th episode, 45 minutes long. I mean, it's not going to be like the 100th episode spectacular, which I think was two and a half hours. We talked to Breitweiser. We talked to Trevor and Isaac, maybe Harry as well. Uh, We didn't have that. We're going to be doing more interview-based stuff when I get into summer vacation and I have more time at my disposal. We'll, we'll be spicing things up a bit as we get in the summer. Fortunately for April and May, there will be plenty in terms of Illini basketball recruiting to talk about as this roster takes shape. Other things going on, of course, in the sports world that we'll address as they come up. Uh, but genuinely, thank you so much for making this part of your podcast rotation. It is so much fun to do this and so much fun to be a part of the conversation. And we've grown so much so much in the last year. And it's very humbling to be able to do something that I love and something that I've wanted to do in some way, shape or form, basically my entire life. And uh, to know that there's people out there that dig it. So thank you. I dig you. I dig you, the listener. And I appreciate you so much. Now, before we go, 200 level brought to you by DP Doe. Online at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code Mike. For $5 Cal Zones and $6 Premium and Construction Zones at dpdo.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So go to dpdo.com. Order any Cal Zone that you want, custom toppings or one of their favorites. You get the dipping sauce on the side, and they will bring it piping hot to your doorstep. Order online at dpdo.com. Got to thank 4th and Kirby. Online at 4thandkirby.com. It is T-shirt season. That's right. Summer's coming. So go on to 4thandkirby.com. Coupon code 200 level for 10% off your order at 4thandkirby.com. Rector Construction, online at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com from a new roof, for a new roof, to a call space inspection and everything in between. Give those guys a call today at 281-7000. That's 217-281-7000 or online at RectorConstruction.com. And finally, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at BrianIsMyGuy.com for life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. 
Brian is our guy for homeowners and auto. He can be your guy. Great State Farm prices and personalized service from brianismyguy.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. For you, the listener, thank you so much. Uh, really do appreciate that. Here's a shameless plug for my band Decadence. This is Out of Your Head from our latest album, Fever Dreams, anywhere music is streaming. In the meantime, we'll be back in a couple days, two or three days for another episode of the 200 Level. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you soon. It is the 200 Level. <laughs>